The Colorado Business Roundtable unapologetically tells the story that business is a force for good in our community, featuring conversations with thought leaders from academia, business, community, and government. Welcome to A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. And I'm Debbie Brown with Colorado Business Roundtable, where we bring together thought leaders here in Colorado who represent academia, business, community, and government, all around the mission that business is a force for good. Uh, We know that businesses not only provide jobs and opportunity and pathways for success here in Colorado, but businesses also lean into philanthropic efforts, policy efforts, and collaboration in particular with the discussion today with state government on solutions that help the lives of individuals here in Colorado. So today I'm really excited to welcome Dee Daniel Scriven, who is the director at Colorado's Office of New Americans, where I've gotten to know Dee just in the last handful of months. She's a passionate advocate for New Americans here in Colorado, whether it's immigrants or refugees and folks who are trying to make their life here. And so we're leaning in on behalf of the business community on ways that we can be more impactful, particularly on the line of workforce. So excited. Uh, Dee, welcome to the podcast today. And I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much, Debbie. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. So just to kick us off, before we get into details around Colorado's Office of New Americans, I'd love to just hear more about your personal story. How did you end up in Colorado? How did you end up in the role that you're in today? Yeah, thanks. So hi, everyone. My name is Dee Daniel Scriven, and I was born and raised in Denver. My family immigrated from India, first my dad, uh, then he brought over my mom and my sister, um, and I grew up in Colorado. And due to my faith and my travels, I really felt called to work with the international poor overseas. Um, my parents convinced me that I needed to get an education first and probably some money to do that. So I went on to Colorado College. Then I left the state for my law degree. Um, I worked in Peru as a pro bono international human rights attorney. And when my law school loans kicked in, I was like, got to go back. So I went back to the U.S. and I worked as a public defender, a child abuse and neglect prosecutor. And after I was really good and burned out, I decided to join the Federal Office of Refugee Resettlement. After about 12 years there, well, actually before the 12 years, I moved back to Colorado in 2013 to stand up ORR's regional office. And then finally, a little over a year ago, when the director of the Office of New Americans position became available, I jumped at the opportunity. Um, It was not only a professional move for me, but making Colorado a more welcoming place is very near and dear to my heart as well. And it sounds like you said that was an easier job going into the director of, uh, you know, what you were doing at the federal level. I I can't remember the exact name of it, but that doesn't sound like an easy job either before you (laughs) came to this role. It all sounds very complicated. Yeah, I mean, it has its challenges, but I think after um, when you're a public defender or child abuse and neglect prosecutor, um, that that can be pretty pretty emotionally taxing. Maybe not uh, brain taxing, but just emotionally taxing. Um, and so I, I felt relieved when I joined the Federal Office of Refugee Resettlement. But um, they have great programs serving refugees nationwide, and got to have various roles there, including uh, working as refugee policy counsel for the Office of Refugee Resettlement. Wow. Well, and your background is so critical to the issues that we're facing here in Colorado. 
Tell me more about the Office of New Americans, what your role is, and what programs you're working on today. I am the director of Colorado's Office of New Americans, and I have a dotted line to the governor's policy office. And so we also do a lot of policy work and initiatives for New Americans. There are a few initiatives that ONA is working on, including language access, enhancing employment integration of New Americans, helping meet the needs of rural New Americans, addressing the needs of newly arrived migrants, and the integration of New American early childhood educators. I'll talk some about these initiatives in more depth later, but in terms of programs, while we are not a direct service provider, the state legislature has mandated ONA to stand up several programs, including our virtual career-aligned ESL program, our benefit recovery fund, and those are two of the programs I'll talk about. The VC ESL program provides career and sector-specific online English courses to English language learners who may be entering the workforce, seeking to transition to a better job, or just simply wanting to improve their English so they become better candidates for more lucrative job opportunities. The program can also help employers upskill their current team or expand their talent pool for their current hiring needs. And the program is already in high demand, and it is completely free to new Americans, employers, workforce development centers, job training programs, anybody who wants to partner with the Office of New Americans, we'd love to partner with them. The second program I'd like to talk about is the Benefit Recovery Fund, and that is basically an unemployment compensation program for eligible undocumented individuals. We are hoping to launch the program in the winter of 2023, and we're really taking our time to ensure that when we launch, the program is not riddled with fraud, but it is a sustainable program. We want to ensure that we're doing everything to be good stewards of employers' dollars and ensure that this critical assistance is going to those eligible Coloradans who actually actually, and really do need that bridge of assistance until they're able to find their next job. So those are just a couple of the programs and several of the initiatives that Ona is working on right now. You know, that's really helpful, Dee. When I, and I'm going to ask you to dig deeper with me on that. When I think about your office, give us a picture of who primarily is in the mix in terms of needing help, needing some of those language skills, needing maybe employment help. You know, I actually had a family that I'm friends with become new Americans this past year. They're from South Africa. But I'm just curious if what's the profile of the type of families or individuals that you're mostly helping? That's a great question, Debbie. So it's really true. Colorado's new American population is not a monolith. We have so many diverse individuals from so many different countries representing different languages. We have people across the spectrum people who do not have their high school degrees and folks who have their professional degrees, doctors, engineers, lawyers. And so really we are working across the spectrum. We want our office to serve all new Americans in whatever capacity they need service because our mission and our vision is really to ensure that all new Americans thrive, that they're able to really bring to bear all of their talents, all of their skills, Um, and really be able to utilize them and not have brain waste and not be able to use some of those degrees that they have from overseas or have employment authorization so they can get to work um, because they're highly motivated and really talented. 
that, that's really helpful. Um, I think when I think about even, uh, you know, conversations with Mayor Kaufman in Aurora and all the different languages that are spoken there, you know, the diversity, of course, in Denver, you know, it really is um, amazing place that Colorado is becoming more global, I think, all the time. When we think about the programming, and, and some of this is fairly new to Colorado, what can you share with us in terms of success stories that you've seen coming out? I, I sometimes just hear the news reports of challenges, challenges, challenges. But uh, tell me about some of the successes you've seen. As I said before, we're not a direct service provider, but one story I'd like to highlight is a recent story that's kind of ongoing. In December of 2022, the Denver metro area experienced a big migrant influx. And while immigration is a normal process, we had never seen the historic numbers that we started to see in December coming into our city and state. And this would have been completely fine if we had the nonprofit infrastructure that was ready to address the needs of our newest arrivals. But unfortunately, we only had a few nonprofits with maybe two to three FTE volunteers and just a lot of heart. <laughs> so the state convened a migrant support policy group at the highest levels of state government to ensure that the state was correctly assessing and addressing needs. And Ona was invited to participate in this group, and we successfully advocated for the state's policy to assist with the integration of those newly arrived migrants who wanted to call Colorado home. And additionally, when we saw that some needs were not being met, Ona was able to meet with our philanthropic partners and support linkages between our philanthropic partners and our nonprofits. One linkage that I was really happy that we were able to make was a linkage for the provision of critical mental health resources for migrants who really had endured some pretty severe trauma on their journey to the U.S. And so able to connect a funder with a mental health service provider and get those resources out to the community. Dee, that's a great example of the collaboration that we see so much of here in Colorado. So I'm not surprised that you're, you were able to kind of be a part of that convening and figure out how to problem solve really quickly. Um, when we think about particularly um, addressing access to employment, I know that's an area that Colorado Business Roundtable would welcome um, the chance to provide some more thought leadership from from a, particularly our large employers. That's a significant challenge for immigrants and refugees. Um, how does the Office of New Americans address these barriers? How do we collaborate? What's your advice on how Cobert can lean in and collaborate on some of these ways to just help people find access to employment? You know, and, and we know immigration, of course, is a federal issue. We can't solve that today. But how do we help people find opportunities while they're perhaps dealing with the other regulations um, and and barriers, perhaps in their immigration journey to seek um, status? And I, you can, and I don't know if that question made sense, if you can fill in some gaps on that. No, totally. Thank you for that question. So one of the biggest barriers, I think, to um, having our new Americans join the workforce are language barriers. Um, and as I mentioned previously, I think one of ONA's greatest tools that we would love collaboration on is our virtual career line DSL program. And so if your employers, if the private sector knows of folks who are on their teams who, if they just had a little more English, you know, we have career specific English classes for free available that we would love to help upskill your current employees or bring on new new team members to your team. Um, and we have the tool to do that. So we, we really would love collaboration 
in that space. In terms of access to employment opportunities, you're right, New American Space challenges in achieving employment opportunities that suit their professional background, training, interests. And we really do think that it requires a community effort, um, which involves building relationships, amending policies and programs, and educating employers and workforce stakeholders. Um, in Colorado, just like you said, we're fortunate to have incredibly talented new Americans, talented communities serving organizations, um, and employers who are open to innovation and new ideas and new thoughts and new ways of doing things. Um, and we have some businesses that have already joined the conversation. I want to quickly shout out the Colorado Business Coalition for Immigration Solutions being one of those entities I think you guys have partnered together as well. And we would love for more employers and employer associations to join the conversation. Um, at ONA specifically, we've hired a global talent administrator named Anthony Cherwinski, or his name is Anthony Cherwinski, who is currently working on employment integration. He's busy building relationships, educating workforce stakeholders and employers on strategies around hiring new Americans and creating tools and resources for employers to use. One tool that he created and will hopefully be on our website by mid-August is a three-part webinar series called Working with New Americans from Recruiting to Upskilling. And this is a free resource where any employer can learn best practices and action steps on the recruiting to upskilling continuum that can help attract more new American talent. And it'll also help advance any employer's DEI goals you have to check it out. So we would love to see everybody use this tool. Hopefully it'll be online mid-August. And we'd also invite employers or workforce stakeholders who want to be a part of this conversation just to reach out to us at ONA. We'd love to connect with you. Yeah, absolutely, Dee. We'll put all of that in the podcast so people can have all those links and know how to connect. And and what I love about our um allyship with you is this is an ongoing conversation and ongoing collaboration. So all the tools that you're pulling together, just know our answer is yes. We want to make sure awesome. we push it out to our business community and our large employers, particularly because workforce is such a number one issue for employers. I think they're a, they're leaning in more and more on trying to make sure that they have the workforce they need to accomplish their business goals, but also leaning in because um, you know, they see the talent here in Colorado and wanting to make sure that folks have opportunities um, like they haven't had before. So I think it's such a win-win. So yeah. we're excited to continue to work with you and find opportunities um, to help these um, new Americans find the opportunity that they're seeking. So I think awesome. that's great news. So Dee, I just wanted to circle back about your personal story and what it means now leading the Office of New Americans here in Colorado how has that shaped your perspective for leading the office? And in particular, what are your long-term goals for promoting the prosperity of new Americans in Colorado? Thanks, Debbie. Yeah, I definitely think my personal background and experiences um, help define my approach in leading this office. And I feel like when I talk to new Americans across the state, when I talk to community leaders, it's so easy to see myself in their situation. You know, my parents worked so hard at jobs before they ended up at St. Joseph Hospital and Rocky Mountain News. My dad went to Emily Griffith to take English classes, you know, and I know what my parents had to endure to try to integrate into Colorado. And I 
live the immigrant child's life. So I also have that perspective. So my vision is that new Americans in Colorado, I think I mentioned this before, but would really be able to thrive, would really be able to utilize all their skills, all their talents, all their abilities, and not only for their families, but for their communities, for Colorado. Because when they win, Colorado wins. When they're able to use all of their gifts and talents and and abilities, they're just contributing to the economy, they're contributing to their community, they're contributing to Colorado. And so my current long-term goals for the office are first to build and sustain a nonprofit infrastructure statewide, like our federally funded refugee resettlement infrastructure in Colorado that can provide all new American arrivals, like all new arrivals with intake, assessment, case management, housing assistance if needed, employment referrals, training, ESL classes, just a little bit of assistance to help them orient and get them situated and set them off, you know, set them free to go go for, forward and prosper. Another goal, long-term goal that I have for the office is sustained funding, actually for the Office of New Americans. Uh, many of my team members have term limits, and in order to do this work and continue this work, we need the capacity to do it. And so that's another long-term goal that I have. And then finally, employment authorization for all Coloradans who don't have it but are desperate to work. They're highly motivated. They're dedicated. And I know that, like you said before, immigration is a federal issue. It's not a state issue. But I think that as much as we can, and I would love the support of the business community whenever there's an opportunity to push for employment authorization for Coloradans, for folks who want to call Colorado home and establish a life here, I would love support on that because I really think that it's a win-win. We, we need workforce and we have people who are here and ready to go to work. Those are a few of my long-term goals. Well, and that's really helpful, Dee. And I think you and I have talked a little bit about a potential role the state can play in state authorizations. And it and it just makes common sense. Uh, you know, the federal government, I think, uh, you know, for people who heard we talk about immigration, gosh, both sides of the aisle have just made this such a stalemate and it's completely not productive. So how do states, which are sort of the laboratories of experiment, the laboratories of let's get stuff done, you know, have a role to play, perhaps. So no, I I think we would be very supportive in any conversation along those lines and any action along those lines. Let's let's get stuff done. Like we know how to do uniquely in Colorado. So it would be fun to continue that conversation with you and other stakeholders on how to how to move that forward. Absolutely. So I appreciate that. So I'm really excited to have had to have had this conversation with you and kind of take it to the next level and definitely share it with our broader community of other large employers that will be listening in. But we end now every podcast with a little bit of a lightning round. So if you're okay, I'm going to just throw a couple quick questions at you. And then we we just learn more about you and kind of, um, you know, what you like to do maybe outside the office. Is that okay? I love it. That sounds good. Sounds good. No math questions, I promise. Thank God. So, um, what's, your, what's your favorite powerhouse lunch or happy hour? So I haven't been there in a while, but True Food Kitchen in Cherry Creek, it's super healthy. It's delicious. And both of those don't seem like they should go together. So if <laughs> if they do go together, that's where you'd find me. That's like a winner. Absolutely. What's your best way to relax? 
This is a typical Colorado answer, but I love going on a hike and getting lost in nature. Um, we, as a family, we just took a week of vacation out in Cimarron, Colorado, and there was no internet, there was no cell phone coverage, and it was just lovely. Oh my gosh, I'm almost getting hives hearing you say that. Like that sounds like too hardcore <laughs> to be that off the grid, but that does sound good. And then what about your favorite binge? It could be a book, a podcast, a Netflix series, something like that. Yeah, I love this question. So I'm a secret matchmaker and also a closet anthropologist slash sociologist. And so I've really devoured the Indian matchmaking and Jewish matchmaking series on Netflix. I think I literally have watched every episode of both matchmaking series. So um, yeah, that's my favorite binge. I've actually watched that too, Indian matchmaking. I thought it was really, really interesting. When we go have our happy hour, I'll have to ask you follow-up questions on that show. It sounded really cool. I'll see if I can feel them. (laughs) Sounds good. And then final question, D, for today is what is your best advice you've received to get a seat at the table? You know, I was thinking about this and I, I couldn't find an answer. I was thinking about it and I was like trying to come up with an answer. And I don't know, it may be, it may illuminate some of a new American story in my life. But I think as an immigrant's child, I just didn't have a lot of those mentors who were in the business field who were seating, seated at the table. So I... I didn't really have a ton of business advice. So I don't have an answer for you here, unfortunately, but hopefully, you know, ask me again in a few years and I'll probably have an answer to your question. I do. And I think you said some of it earlier on the, on the podcast, you know, work hard, be diligent, you know, do tough things, you know, as I'm reflecting back on the conversation we've had, and I'm wondering if those were all either you just had incredible instincts or if somebody planted those seeds at some point. I mean, I think if anybody planted those seeds, it's probably my parents who are just like, you need to work hard. (laughs) You need to be a doctor. And, you know, you just need to work hard and be a doctor, like very um, stereotypical Indian immigrant parents. (laughs) Were they they, um, disappointed that you became an attorney instead of a doctor? You know, I think they finally got over it, maybe after law school when I was in my first job. Um, But I remember my junior year, them still trying to convince me that if I change my major to biology, I could still go pre-med and I'd only need to tack on an additional undergrad year. I know. Life is so complicated. And then we turn into our parents at some point anyway. So that's awesome. Well, Dee, thanks again for joining us. Really excited to share the good work that you're doing. Office of New Americans. This was D. Daniel Scriven, our guest today. And I want this is a seat at the table with Debbie Brown. And this is a production of Colorado Business Roundtable. Thanks so much for your time. A seat at the table with Debbie Brown is a production of the Colorado Business Roundtable. You can find this episode, a listing of our upcoming events, and more information about our organization at cobrt.com.